This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. This is Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Deanne? I'm doing fabulous, Mark. Good. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? I'm all right. So we're excited to be here every Saturday at 1 o'clock here on 1210. You want to ask us a question about real estate, loans, commercial, residential, whatever, give us a call. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number? My number is 609-605-7153. And we answer our phone, so call us. And you can listen to this show and past shows at our website, goodnewsinrealestate.com, and also at WPHT's website. So what's coming up today, Deanne? Coming up on uh, today's show, Mark, we have our market report. Yes. We have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. Good series. And, of course, we have Mark's funny story. I want for you. And we have our mortgage mom topic. Which is what? How to compare home loans. All right. There's a lot of different ones out there. There's a lot of different ones and it can get really confusing. So we have our questions. Um, Can the IRS tax you on unpaid loans after a short sale? And the next Hmm. question is, can you define the term landlocked? All and right. then we have our next question. What happens when a lien on a condominium is not paid and then it's taken to court? It's a good question. <laughs> and a student asked, how difficult is it to pass the PA real estate test? Well, that's an easy answer. <laughs> I get that one all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, we also have our topic of the day, which is why selling your house on your own in 2022 is a mistake. Very good. But first, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, act as if someone just said there's no reason to be afraid. There's a similar quote out there. You know, if if everything was going to happen exactly the way you want it, why wouldn't you take a chance? You know? And it's a Correct. similar thing. You know, sometimes people just don't take a chance and cause of fear. 
Right. What's the, what's right. the worst knew, thing that's going to happen, you know? Exactly. And if you knew everything was going to work out, what's stopping you? That's right. Yeah. That's the other quote. And yeah. if you want to hear a song about it, there's a song on Spotify. If you Google, got to take a chance to be free by kicks. There's a song all about that topic. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. So where are we at? So, Mark, we are up to the market report. And there is the bell. So, actually, I looked at our multiple listing service locally. Last week, there was 4,702 actives. And this week, there was 749. (laughs) Big increase. (laughs) I mean, that's... 47 houses is... It's good. That's something. But they're talking... I see... I been seeing different articles around the country where they're saying, oh, 25% increase. I, I don't know. Uh, you got to be really careful what you believe, what you read. But anyway, as, as home buyer demand slows, potential sellers are becoming more hesitant about listing their home, which is lack of knowledge. Right. It's the best time ever to sell. And during the four-week period ending August 7th, numbers of new listings fell 12% year over year. So how is somewhere ate up twenty three percent? Yeah, you know, and that was report was published by Redfin on Thursday. This is the steepest decline in new listings since twenty twenty. Observers attributed decline in new listings to sellers' awareness of diminishing housing demand, which I don't buy, as well as their trepidation of obtaining a new mortgage in a rising mortgage rate environment. So right there, there's two things that are. Sh- Prove the lack of knowledge that the seller's awareness of diminishing house demand that is not true right and the rates went down they so, did go down so yep. it's like you really got to be careful they got it people we got to get this everybody in philadelphia to listen to our show one time <laughs> at least Just once. one time <laughs> yeah. despite the drop in new listings now these are reports that i'm finding for you know national news the overall right. housing supply rose four percent during a four-week period as homeowners demand slows and properties sit on the market longer i got problems with all of this a year ago 45 percent of the homes had an accepted offer within the first two week weeks on the market and 31 percent had an offer within one week and we're still at one week in philly this year, those metrics week, for sure. Yeah, now they're saying these metrics have dropped to thirty-eight percent and 26 percent, respectively. In addition, the median number of days on the market was up twenty-two days compared to twenty days a year ago. I guess if you take every market into consideration, they again, might be close to something. If you're going to do that, you have to do it collectively. Like with the twenty-five percent increase, you can't just pick what you want to. You know, what area or what um, geographics you want to use to make it sound like doom and gloom. You can't do that. It has to be equal all the way across the board. And it's unfortunate because the media is doom and gloom. And and here's the rest of it. Buyers are backing off due to rising housing costs. Sellers are holding back because they realize they they won't get the bidding where they would have gotten six months ago, said somebody from Redfin. So that has nothing to do with Philly Metro market. Right. The good the good news they say is this bringing a balance to the market. We are so far from a balance. A balanced yeah. market is a six month supply of of inventory. We are at about a month supply of inventory. You know, it's it's we're going to be in this market for a while, and it's not a bad thing. You know, 
the rates are, are still low, around five, and it's a great time to sell. So I don't know why people think it's the real estate market is having the same problems that the rest of the industry is having. Another sign of a slowing market is drop in home prices, which I'm not saying. Uh, Redfin say prices were 8% over a year over a year over a four-week period to a price of 379000 Now, a couple of weeks ago, reported we reported that the national median home price was four fifty because we were talking about it. So you got to be really careful what you hear, what you read on the media uh, because sure. I mean, they are all over the place. And they're not in the trenches like you and I are. You know, I mean, we have firsthand information as to what's going on. Now, what do you hear this next part? In addition... Only 43% of the homes sold above list price compared to 52% a year ago, with a sale to list price ratio coming in at 100.6%, which is, that's a that's a good thing. That means everybody's getting full price. But down from 101.7, I think, I don't know. I am like, I got to... Like, I put some of this stuff in here because it was a market report, and we do talk about national market. We are on Audacity, so people do listen to our show like that. Oh, I forgot to ask you about that guy in Seattle that was had I that never, comment. Yeah, I don't... You got to find out. I got to find I, out. What, I want to know what that's about. <laughs> anyway, sellers should make sure their, their home is ready and not overpriced, and I say this all the time. If it's priced right and shows right, it's going to sell right sell. away. Right. And they should do everything possible to make their property pristine for the masses. Invest in updates. Make it feel fresh. uh, Use Curbio if you want a new kitchen and don't want to spend no money. That is a great program. Doing little things like replacing faulty faucets or painting the walls. I'll tell you what. If I sell the convent, I ain't doing anything. I'm walking out the door. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Me like, neither, screw it. for sure. Take it or leave it, dude. <laughs> so what's the rates? So, Mark, you're looking at your 30-year fixed rate at uh, 5.25%. Again, for a conventional loan, depending on credit. Your 15-year fixed is at 4.65%. Um, your FHA is at 4.875. Your 30-year VA, 4.875. And you're still looking at your 5171 and 101 arms at 4.5%. So now, now we are down to really great rates again. Again. Yeah. So, you know. And I'm going to go over that in, in, my, um, in my segment. Just, you know, how to compare the difference and what does it mean. And, you know, there's just a lot of. There's a lot of information out there, and you it's its all about having the trust and knowledge, for sure. No doubt. So anyway, there are great rates. It's a great time to buy. It's the best time ever to sell. So stop listening to the doom and gloom. Right. Listen to us every Saturday. We'll keep you informed. And I'll even sell your damn house for you. Give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. 
right, welcome back to Good News from Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive, all the time. So where are we at the end? So, Mark, we are up to your funny story. So this one happens up somewhere in the middle of Pennsylvania. You know what's in the middle of Pennsylvania, right, between Philly and Pittsburgh? Uh, I'm afraid to ask. Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) So in in this small town, a person decided to open up this bar business, which was right across the street from a church. And the church and his congregation started a campaign to block the bar from opening with petitions. And they prayed against his business work progress. However, when it was almost complete and it was about to open a few days later, a strong lightning struck the bar and burned it to the ground. The church folks were all the church folks were all happy and a little smug with their outlook after the, you know, bar was all burnt down. The bar owner, he was all upset and sued the church authorities on the grounds that the church through its congregation prayers were only responsible for the demise of his bar oh either through direct or indirect actions or means you see if you hire a lawyer they'll sue for anything <laughs> give him two grand <laughs> do him two grand and they'll go for anything right. in its reply to the court the church vehemently denied all responsibility or any connection that their prayers were the reason that the bar burned down. As the case made it way to court, the judge overlooked the paperwork at the hearing and commented, he goes, I don't know how I'm going to decide on this case. But when it appears from the paperwork, we have a bar owner who believes in the power of prayer, and we have an entire co- church congregation and devotees that don't. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I, thought, I thought that was an interesting story. It is. It is. If you have a funny story, Send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. Yeah, send me one. I'm up to 925 of them. (laughs) (laughs) So now it is time for the Mortgage Moms segment with the Ann Kat Saris from Green Tree Mortgage, the largest mortgage company in the world. (laughs) And she's here to talk about how to compare home loans. Oh, yes, Mark. We are going to talk about how to compare home loans because in this great world of ours, there's a variety of different mortgage programs that are available today. And it's important to, to work with somebody such as myself that knows the difference between the loan programs and someone that will get you into the right program with the right payment. So Very here's true. some key factors to consider when trying to find the right home loan beginning with the loan the loan term. So what is the loan term? Lenders offer, you know, mortgages in a variety of loan terms. They could be 15 years, 20 years, 25 years and also 30 terms, right? All right, 30-year mortgages are the most popular because the monthly payments are lower than if it was for a 15 or a 20-year loan. However, you pay a lot more interest over the 30 years than you would with a 15 or a 20 year loan. Correct. They also charge lower interest rates on a 15 year mortgage compared to a 30 because you're repaying the loan in a shorter amount of time. So when I tell people what the rate is for 15 year versus what it is for a 30, they're like, oh, we're going to do 15 year. They don't understand that the payment is double because the time right. frame is cut in half. So you're going from 360 payments to 180 payments. Make sense? Correct. 
It makes right. sense to me. If not, it would be <clears throat> counterfeit, right? If it was me, I'd take the 50-year one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next you have your fixed rate loan. And this interest doesn't change as long as you have the mortgage. So your principal and interest payments are predictable throughout the entire program. The only way that your payment would go up is if your homeowner's insurance or the real estate taxes went up. Now, the rate on adjustable mortgages, however, they can change, they can change over time. And we've talked about this before. Usually, um, you, they get a low introductory rate, either three, five, or 10 years. And then the rate adjusts to the market, which could be higher. It could also be lower than today's rate after that initial reset. So the, and that rate may change annually. Correct. Into the arms right now. Into right. the arms. Um, if you're the next one is going to be your loan size. If you're getting a loan that's over the standard conforming limits, then you need to get into what we call a jumbo mortgage. Buyers with good credit scores and a nice down payment can qualify for a jumbo mortgage, and they may be able to select either a fixed rate, an adjustable rate, or even get into interest only loans. So knowing what the loan limits are in your area can help you get the best rate. Now, obviously that's something that we would know and be able to guide you on what's going to be the best program for you. So often mortgage, uh, jumbo mortgages, they come with higher interest rates and the underwriting is a little bit more stringent. The next one, Mark, is going to be your loan purpose. So knowing what the purpose of your loan is will allow you to get into the right program. Is it going to be a second home? Is it going to be an investment property? Is it going to be a primary? Um, do you want to take cash out to refinance out of your house to pay for your new house? There's a lot of different options. So again, are you buying a primary home where your family will live or are you buying an investment or a vacation property? All of those different types of occupancies have different types of down payment and the qualification of the guidelines are different as well. So you know, what type of home loan you can actually get depends on what your credit score is, what your debt to income is, and um, depending on, again, where if you're going to live in it as a vacation or as an investment. So besides the standard loan types like conventional, FHA, VA, and USDA, you want to check and find out what additional other programs that they offer. Often they have loan programs that may better that may better fit you, especially if you're self-employed. Because we all like to not have to pay some of our taxes. So sometimes we don't show a lot of income. So there's different programs that are available as far as that's concerned. So remember to know what you're getting. Also remember to know what fits into your long-term financial plans. And you always have to work with a professional state licensed mortgage originator. You want to know that they know what they're doing. A lot of times you get into these call centers, Mark, and people just really don't have an idea of what they're saying. If the loan's too complicated, they might not even call them back. I mean, we- I get calls from like India, phone banks. Guys ask me if I want to refinance my house and I hear- 50 people in the, in the background on the phones, you know, and right. like this guy's going to take care of me in Pennsylvania. Right. And that's what I tell a lot of people, you know, that I work with that I've been around for 20 years. 
We have a radio show that's been on for 13 years. I teach continuing education classes. You know, we might not be a fit because you have to be able to work with somebody, you know, for whatever reason, we might not be a fit and that's okay, but you need to work with somebody that has your best interest in hand and that's not looking as a paycheck, right? No, this is something- Exactly, that's the same with real estate agents. Right. Like I told, I was at a class and I was talking to them about business cards. And you know, like I recruit real estate agents for offices and stuff. And I said, you know, who's gonna buy a house off a guy that has his card under a pizza glass right. at, the, at the pizza shop or hanging on a cork board at a bar? Like that's who I'm gonna use? Right. You know? No, I no. agree. And, and you're going to you use somebody that you know that knows somebody. That That's how you should do everything in life. Referrals. Not, not strangers. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Some connection to somebody. Yeah. And, and it's also do a little bit of research. I mean, just like the website that I have, mortgagemom.net. I mean, it gives you a lot of information. It shows that we're experienced. It shows that we know what we're doing. And you just want to make sure that you have the trust and confidence to be able to, to work with someone in that same respect. So, like I said, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me at 609-605-7153. And there are so many different type of loan programs out there. So, uh, are they going to do the 40-year that the FHA is pushing? I don't think that's going to come back. I don't know. I don't think it's going to come back out. But anyway, right. um, we are coming up to our question and answer session. All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive all the time. So where are we at? So, Mark, we are up to our question and answer segment. The first question. So what's the first one? The first question is, can the IRS tax you on unpaid loans after a short sale? Unpaid loans. So what happened, remember back after 08 and it was all those short sales and then these people negotiated short sales and then they weren't paying attention and the agents weren't paying attention and they signed something and then all of a sudden uh they got a they, 1099 they for got the difference. 1099 for the difference and they still owed it remember yep. there was a ton of people they had to claim it they walked away home free got out from under it, and then about eight months later, they got a letter from the bank saying, you still owe this 50 grand. So I guess they could tax you, and if they hire 86,000 more of them, (laughs) (laughs) we're in trouble. real trouble. I mean, that is like (laughs) scary, man. And uh, they did, I think it was 665,000 audits last year. And eighty-seven percent were under people, people making under fifty grand. So all that they're not going to audit. Who are they going to audit? Of course, the big millionaires got about three accountants, a bunch of lawyers. They're going to get audited, but they're going to be ready. I've been posting stuff on uh, yeah. on Facebook and all, like 
I don't understand why realtors and all these people do their own taxes. If you know, you know, do you do your own dentistry? No. And and uh, accountants are they're not that much that expensive. They're not that expensive. Plus, you write it off, and that's who's going to. It's, it's not it's, even the cost. I mean, yeah, what, you're, you, what they charge is priceless. Plus, you're, you're, priceless. If you screw up, that's how you get audited. You know, right. so if you're not an accountant, why are you doing taxes? So anyway, but I guess the answer mm-hmm. to that question is they can't come after you. They can. All right. All right. Next question is, can you define the term land lot? Yeah, like you bought a house and I've ran into these a few in my career. Somebody bought a piece of ground, uh, built a house on it, didn't like do their due diligence and realized thought they were just going to pave a little road out to the main road and they were having to go through somebody else's land and they were landlocked and they had no way to get to the street. And now right. they got a problem. And now they need their either ease, need an easement, which is the other people, other landowners around them got to agree to, but they could say no. And you could be in a new house landlocked <laughs> with a problem. You could be hiking through the oh woods, God. <laughs> parking your car somewhere. <laughs> I mean, it happens. I, I know it happened to one guy a year ago. It wasn't so much the property. But he went all solar. He was a builder. He built a house. He made everything green. So then he had so many uh, solar panels that he figured he's going to sell his electric back to the electric company and actually make money. And he went when he called him up to hook up. They told him no, <laughs> and oh they wouldn't God. let him hook to the grid. And that's another scenario. I mean, yeah. So you could you got to be careful. People own ground, they build build a house, and they don't think about the due diligence and how do I get in and out of this house? Am I crossing somebody else's property? You could be landlocked. And then you got a serious issue. What's the next one? All right, next question is, what happens when a lien on a condominium is not paid and then it is taken to court? Well, you bought a condo. Uh, something happened. You did something that broke their rules. They condominium. You maybe you didn't pay your dues, whatever. And it's in their documents. That's why you need to read those things, which are like two inches thick. <laughs> and nobody reads them. And you should really read them. And maybe there's something in there that you don't like. And now you bought this place. And for whatever reason, you didn't pay your dues or you didn't. You violated some rules. And the condo administration, they put a lien against your property. And down, and then it goes to court, and you're going to lose because yeah. they have the documents that you signed. Press here, sign, press hard, sign here, and you did without reading all them. We got, we've talked about so many crazy stories with condo associations. Remember the, the woman with the high heels up in Summerton? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because the one floor had uh, hardwood floors, and she walked around in her spikers, <laughs> and they wanted carpet, and then the one guy that no showers after 1130 at night because right. they heard the water running through the wall. I you mean, you got to read these stocks. And then my friend, the electrician, remember him? He had one of them wrapped trucks, no commercial vehicles in the parking lot, and that was his vehicle, but he had a wrap on it. 
So you got to read the rules because they'll take you to court too. Yeah, and it's for the simplest things. And then you, you, the neighbors are the worst. So yep. if something's yeah, going like, on, you've got like condo police there. Yeah, they're like civic associations. And yep. the problem is there might be 200 units and six people show up at the meetings. All in favor say aye, and you're screwed. Right. That's like the flagpole and the flag that hits the news almost every year around 4th of July. <laughs> you know, And it's not even about the flag. It's the flagpole. No flagpoles. Well, the other thing know. that happens too, Mark, is is if these condominiums continue not to pay and it gets up to around $30,000, the mortgage company won't lend on it. Because when you have a condominium, we have to get what's called a condo questionnaire that That's the right. HOA fills out. And if there's people, like right now, I have I have a um, two people that want to buy in a certain um, condominium development and they can't. Because the HOA fees are so delinquent, they yep. won't allow. They won't allow. So yeah, because I mean, they have, have to keep their current. books. Yep. They have to. They keep their books. You you want you actually want to get a copy of their financials. Yeah, and make yep. sure you're not buying a condo that's you know, like like my head a friend one had one down in Ocean City, Maryland, and one of the members of the condo board was friends with a roofer and it seemed like every he's like how come we're putting a new roof on every two years well it turned out he was doing this with his friend roofer and the roofer was kicking him back money right you know there's all civic associations are usually you know i don't know i hate to say it but like you know there's sometimes it's a bunch of people with too much time on their hands and they uh and nothing else and not all the ideas are good ideas Right. But if nobody shows up, all in favor say aye. You got a new one. Yeah. All right. Let's jump on to the last question. Um, right. A student asked how difficult it is to pass the Pennsylvania real estate test. I get this one all the time because the students will call me up and then there's all these myths out there, just like in real estate, the 20% down myth. And you're going to need a 700 credit score and all that. There's all these myths about the real estate test, too. And, oh, I heard it's one of the toughest tests in the country and this and that. And it, it, it's a test. It's a multiple choice question, 110 questions it is. And, and it, I, you know, I get all different opinions from students. Some of them say, oh, I, I thought it was going to be a lot harder than it was. Right. You know, like I took when I first took mine, I didn't study at all. I, I figured 50 bucks, it costs 50 bucks to take the test. I was going to study, but I... <laughs> Oh my Just god! But I went there. I figured for fifty bucks, I'll see how it is. And I think because I went in with that attitude, I wasn't like, "Oh, the test." The you weren't test. stressed over it. Yeah, I just took the test and I got done. The girl goes, "You passed." I was like, "Really?" I was like, kind of surprised. I had a friend, Fuzzy Chevsky. He's been a realtor now for five years. He's doing really good. And he was asking me about the test the first day of his class, and he kept asking me. I said, "Will you stop worrying about this damn test?" And then when he took the test, he passed the first time. <laughs> so it's like, it's a test. What's the worst scenario? Gotcha. All right. What's coming up? All right. Coming up next is going to be our topic of the day and why selling your house on your own in 2022 is a mistake. Big time mistake. So with that, you're listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. 
Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at mortgagemom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on 1210 WPHT. In Philadelphia. So where are you at, Dan? So, Mark, we're up to our topic of the day, and it is why selling your house on your own in 2022 is a mistake. This is always a mistake <laughs> every year. And I'll tell you a few whys. There's many benefits to working with a real estate professional when selling your house. And no matter what the market's like, you want a professional, you know, it's even more important that you have an expert to guide you through what's happening. If you're considering selling on your own, it's known as for sale by owner or FISBO. It's critical considered and following. First one is safety. Your safety should always come first. That's the more crucial than ever, given the current situation in our country with all this crime. You know, when you, the FISBO, it's difficult to control who's entering your home. A real estate professional will have the proper protocols in place to protect not only your belongings, but your health and well-being, too. You're like you, you, If you're a FISBO and somebody's just knocking on your door, you have no idea who these people are. And they might be just scoping your house out to rob it. Right. But like if you're if you're listed with a real estate agent, they're going to be letting you know who's coming, if they're pre-approved, everything else. So there's a little safety issue here, too, that a lot of people that put their house up for sale and they buy that $7.99 sign at Home Depot uh, for sale by owner, and that's the big marketing plan. Remember that woman on Richmond Street? We brought it up a few times because we talk about this once in a while, and I I used riding by there because I like taking the scenic route from Center City, and she had the FISBO sign out, and I knocked on the door. And she gave me a tour of the house. We got up into the front bedroom. And I said, how do you oh, know I'm a real right. And she went, what? <laughs> and then all of a sudden she goes, that son of a bee. He told me to let anybody in yep. that knocked on the door. She was pissed. But, you know, that's a safety issue. How do you know who these people you are? You don't? All right. And and you also, if you're listed with a real estate agent, you're going to have a bigger online presence, you know. And 97% of all buyers start out online. So your house is going to get exposure. I mean, if you own a house in some kind of cul-de-sac in the back, uh, your Home Depot sign is probably not going to do you too much good. <laughs> so, But if you're on the multiple listing service and you're on all the sites, you're going to get a lot more exposure. And in this market, it's pro- if it's priced right and shows right, it's going to be going in a week anyway. And then it comes to the negotiations. Like... If you're not a professional and you never read the agreement of sale, which is not a very simple document, there's a lot of real estate agents that don't understand that, baby. Correct. But, like, I mean, you're going to handle this yourself? Are you a realtor? You know, this is dentistry by owner stuff. Uh, there's It can be a complicated, especially if you get, what do you do if you get eight or nine offers? Like, how are you going to have the opportunity? Uh, the expertise to weed through who's who and what's yeah. the best deal for you. And how do you going to know if this purchaser is qualified? You know, if, if, the, if they have an agent and you have an agent, 
there's a bunch of documents that me as a listing agent, I want to see before we accept your offer. I want to see your buyer's financials. I want to see who, what company you're approved with. If you're approved with Deanne from Green Tree Mortgage, I know all your tax returns and everything is done. If you're approved by some online real estate thing that's out in California that isn't going to show up at settlement, I'm going to be a little more leery and I might not take that offer, suggest that offer to my seller. And it's getting a lot more difficult from a legal standpoint. The documentation involved in the selling process is just, they just keep adding more and more. There's some changes, new changes to the agreement this year. This thing used to be one page and it's now like 20. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, and I think the act, real statistics of FISBOs is 97% of them end up, uh, end up listing anyway. And the 3% that do put it together, half of them don't make it to the settlement table. And the bottom line is you will net more, even though you're paying commission to the real estate agent, you are going to net more if you use a real estate agent than if you don't, because you'll probably get burnt somehow during a home inspection or during the appraisal. There's ways to lose money in this thing, but you will, if you have a professional on your side, you're probably going to, you're, I know you're statistically, you're going to net more. So, you know. Most, if you ask, it's, it's go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> if you, and the bottom line is, is listing on your own leaves you, you got to manage this entire transaction. And if you got a full time business or you're running a business, who, who, who the hell is going to do all this? Yeah, it's not something you want to def, you want to do on your own. It's scary. I mean, dentistry by owner. Yeah, it's you're going to pull your own wisdom tooth. No, <sighs> do your own taxes. No. So why would you do this? Without, you know, having a real estate license. And because everybody thinks they're going to save money. That's why. And, and in yeah, the long run, you don't. they all they're going to save 6%. Right. That's right. And and the obvious thing is, say the house is two hundred grand, And right away, they're thinking $12,000, right? Or six, six, yeah, $12,000. They're going to save $12,000. And so if a buyer comes along, they're obviously not going to offer you two hundred grand. Because you're saving 6%. Right. They never even think of that one. That's out of the box. Right. So. All right. No ranting. Coming up next. No ranting. So anyway, it doesn't matter what year it is. That statistic never changes. You're going to net more with a real estate professional. All right, Mark. So we are up to our segment with Dr. A. And we are talking about the staff characteristics, staff performance. And we're continuing with the FIT series. So welcome, Dr. A. Hi, Deanne. How are you? Hey, Dr. Ray. How are you? you? Great. So let's continue with this series. So we were talking about emotional intelligence last week. So let's right, pick it up. I want to talk about it this week and next week as well. The uh, As I shared last time, we actually look at five different components of emotional intelligence. I want to talk about one of those components because people have a, a hard time. Before you start, yeah. tell everybody what emotional intelligence is real quick. Sure. Emotional intelligence is the extent to which you are aware of and can effectively control your emotions and how you respond and react to other people emotionally. All right. Okay. All right, that, so that's, great, that's a great question, Mark, because a lot of people never ask that. And there's, there is some confusion about what emotional intelligence is. It's basically right. we have intellectual intelligence. We call it IQ. 
Okay, this is right. emotional intelligence, which gauges what you are emotionally and, and how sophisticated or how well you can effectively handle emotions. For example, just briefly, I mean, some people just jump off the handle whenever there's a little bit of an issue. So they start screaming like crazy, right? Which is actually the component I want to talk about this week, which is referred to as self-regulation, right? Some people really have a hard time regulating how they respond to others' emotions. And it gets in their way and it interferes with the relationships. And they say things that they wish they hadn't. But whatever you say, what what comes out of your mouth and time are two things you can't take back. Once they're That's gone, right. they are out there and they are gone. Yep. I am very cautious about that. <laughs> oh, uh, really? Not during my segment, yeah. we're not. <laughs> but it, it isn't. Now, some people, are, some people are actually too controlled, you know, and then people look at that and they say, well, how come you're not willing to share how you're feeling with me? Well, right. because they're not. But that, that's still another component of self-regulation. So you can be really low on self-regulation where you self-regulate too much or you can be, you know, you, you can be really high on self-regulation where you're not where you're not regulating enough. So you're very, very. And what I've learned negative. from you over the years is one of my lines that solves my problems is I say to people, what's the most important thing that we need to talk about? And that keeps me from being my high D taking over the conversation. Right. And then I can be quiet and I learn. Well, it's so much more effective to ask questions than it is to make statements. Uh, yeah. because you're but really not all. Le- that's why good, the good leaders don't do that. Yeah, they, they, they ask a lot of questions and they listen to what people have to say first and then they make their decisions instead right. of coming in there with, you know, predetermined outcomes uh, or what they're going to say, regardless of what they hear from people. So that that's not effective. But again, we're not talking about cognitions. We're not talking about what people are thinking. We're talking about how people are reacting emotionally. Are they afraid? Are they angry? Okay. Are they anxious? You know, those types of feelings to how well do you deal with those? How well do you regulate yourself when it comes to those feelings? Uh, and there's actually hormones and other different chemicals in our systems that have an impact on that. And uh, the people who are really good with emotional intelligence handle those chemicals very well and it's not something that you can do you can't control your chemicals you can control your behaviors and how you respond to it so there are techniques you can use and we share those in our uh emotional intelligence certification in fact we're doing one in november so if anybody's interested just contact us at www.ablesonabelson.net that was great thank you dr very good good and we'll continue with that I like this topic. Cool. Very good. Me too. If you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153. A special thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in every week and listening on, on Audacity too. We have a lot of people that listen online. But I am also looking for a couple sponsors. I need a sewer company and a couple builders on our show. Be part of our team. And tune in every Saturday at 1 o'clock. Be a faithful listener. With that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All All positive, positive, all all the time. time. 
Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded.